Hi, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Patty, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity, God. We ask that you pour out your spirit on this podcast, God, that everything we say is ordained and gifted by you. We ask that everything that needs to be said, everything that needs to be done is done in Jesus' name. We ask that everything that we do is to the glorification and the edification and lifting up of your name and the edification of your people, God. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Welcome back, family. You have reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're so thankful to have you on with us. Um, we're going to go around the table and just kind of go around and see what everybody's doing tonight, see how everyone's done this week, see how work's going, see how they feel, and we're going to get around. We're going to start with Patty. Hello, everyone. <laughs> hey. Hi, Patty. It was a good weekend. It was Memorial weekend. Um, we, we remembered all the soldiers that gave their life and uh, sacrificed their life for us. Um, to have our freedom that we have today, to be able to speak the name of Jesus in the United States of, Mich- of, the United States <laughs> of Michigan, the United States of America. There too. So we'll take I'm that. thankful for that. Well, that puts us to Casey. How are you feeling this week? I'm doing good. It's been a good week so far. Um, how, was, how was last week? Last week. From Tuesday on. You know, if I could genuinely remember most of last week, that'd be good. Um I went shopping with my grandmother Saturday. That was a good time. Um, Sunday, we had great service, both both services morning and night. And yesterday, I didn't have to work, which I am always looking forward to, counting down <laughs> the days to the next federal holiday. Yep. Marcus? Oh, yeah, I was going to turn around. I was going to ask you how your <laughs> week was first, and I was going to go last. But nope. you're, you're third to last. Okay. That's all right. That's okay. It hasn't been too bad. Work was picking up a little bit, still not quite there yet. Um, didn't have to work yesterday either. Wonderful. Did get paid for it anyway, though. Um, got to hang out with family. We took the boys to a movie. We went to that, uh, Alice in Wonderland thing on Saturday, which we learned the hard way. Unless you're really trying to compete to get it done the fastest. Don't finish the one final couple quests on it. Yeah. Cause you can't go back in. We went up there planning to spend the whole, you know, hours up there yeah we were like barely under an hour and a half and we were completely done and we couldn't get back into it do anything else it was <laughs> not exciting a little anticlimactic yeah. yeah it was fun doing like code breaking and different things like that but still anyhow oh that wasn't bad so now now i'm gonna ask you how was your week, Bryce? Um, yesterday I didn't have to work. I didn't get paid like you, but in the <laughs> same respect, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take a day. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, last week was hectic as could be. We were we do graveyards, you know, and yeah. this being Memorial Day, actually, you know, memorializing veterans and everything like that that have gone on, you know, and have served, and some gave all, all gave some, you know. That type thing. We had to rush, and we had a lot of headstones we'd eat. Say and Mark took three of your workers with him Saturday. So. We did it all yeah. Friday. Yeah, so. we did it all Friday. Just kidding. We mm-hmm. swapped Friday and Saturday's days and put the hard day or the hard day Friday and got it done. So and it looked really nice. It you did. Did a good job. And you finished the road that we could get to the cemetery. Oh, it was a pain. Yeah, Benny was pointing out. Yeah, section five in this one maybe is not that good. Section one was good. Section three said me and Gibby did that one was okay. <laughs> 
No, it was it was hard work. We got a lot of we got a lot of stuff accomplished, which I was thankful for, you know. But in the same yesterday, I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to relax. But Sunday was a good day for us. Sunday morning was like it always is, but Sunday night is where I like to. I feel more at home at the Bangor campus. Agreed. I feel more yeah. free to do not do what I want, but more free like. Feel like I have more backing there. I guess I feel like I got backing everywhere. I know that, but it just seems like it's more natural to me. Yeah, we've already established Bryce is everybody's favorite grandkid, whether he's their <laughs> actual grandkid or not. So it's never a case of he doesn't have backing and support. <laughs> well, it it just feels different. It's a different being, environment. Yeah, different. And not there's anything wrong with all clear at all. I think it just genuinely comes down to I think a lot of in a lot of ways you've stepped more into your calling. Yeah, you're I'm more. I feel more suited at Bangor. Yeah. Anyhow, though, it's all been good. We had a good time. Um, good sermons, good singing, good everything. Now we're here. It's Sorry. Tuesday night. We're getting ready to do this podcast. So we kind of come to the common consensus that we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. Yes. It's who who the Holy Spirit is, the, the person, the divinity, the sovereignty of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does, uh, what it looks like to be, um, to have the Holy Spirit, some Outward evidence of the Holy Spirit, I guess, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, anything that we can think to talk about of the Holy Spirit, I think we're going to try to touch on tonight and put our, not our opinion on it, but our biblically backed opinions on it and get some good roundtable discussion. Sound good to you guys? Mm -hmm. yeah. Sounds yes. like a plan. So I'm going to let Mark start the thing off and see what see what he has to say. And I'm almost wishing I had my uh, <laughs> Sunday school class book with me because we just went over. We, we started did talk about, yep. We haven't finished it, but we are on the Holy Spirit and recognizing the work that the Holy Spirit does. And I always want to point out it's the work that the Holy Spirit does. It's not the work that we are doing. Right. 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 Our job is just to let him do his job. That's right. Well, I, th I think the Holy Spirit comes in and makes things known to you. I I don't necessarily think I think it's a two-way street. Yeah. As much as he has to kind of highlight things that need to be changed, we have to work to change them. I don't think that there's work to be done for salvation. I want to make that clear between us, you know, and put that out there. I yeah. think the work of salvation is done. It was done. But there is a work of sanctification that still is an everyday process. Yes, it is. There's things that you know, I didn't think we're a big deal when I first became, you know, like legitimately a Christian in my older adult type years, you know, that now are the big things are kind of obvious. And then these smaller things are being highlighted to me, just specifically even talking about like what music you listen to, what things you're being put or being put into you. What are you reading? What are you watching? Things that didn't really seem like a big deal three or four years ago now are like, okay, this is going to be not detrimental to me, but it's going to help my walk much more if I change these as well. Right. And yeah. I think a big problem with, with us and the Holy Spirit is we don't listen to the advice or the guidance that is given. I was just thinking, you know, the Holy Spirit is the best, completely accurate 100% of the time source of a second opinion yep. that you can look at, you know, a lot of times we want to make a decision or we think something and we'll ask somebody else about it. Right. And whether or not they're right or not, who knows? But if you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal something, whether it is, you know, good for you, bad for you, whatever it may be, 
he's never going to lead you astray in that sense. Right. No, because he gives you the comfort that you need at the time that you're going through your situation. Right. But he also gives you guidance. I, I totally agree with that. I just put my face I'm happy. I remembered. I was like, what was the verse? One of the verses that we went over and I remembered it so I could search it up so we can talk about it when we get there. When I was talking about being, fil- about being filled with the Holy Spirit and that, yeah. how there's one thing we pointed out in Sunday school in the morning was that you're going to be filled up with something. Right. And the only thing that can come out is what you're filled up with. Absolutely. Yes. And it's also not enough just to take out because we'll go over the list of real fast of some of the things that are evil things and bad things. It's not enough just taking those out if you don't put something else back in in their place. Okay. Before we get too far, I think we need to explain what the Holy Spirit is for someone who's listening or what we believe the Holy Spirit is. Personally, I believe the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity of God. Yes. He's the Spirit of God. He uh, he talks to the people of God and and points them in the direction of God. The Holy Spirit doesn't testify of anyone else but God and Jesus Christ. He, I, I guess maybe would the word mouthpiece be correct in my thinking? You yeah, could. Yes. The voice of God, maybe. It could because he only testifies of the Father. Of the Father. I think of the Holy Spirit as the the verb of the Trinity in terms of, you know, grammar, if you know anything about that. A verb's an action word. Right. Whenever we're asking for the Spirit to come into a service, we're asking for the Holy Spirit. Right. Yes. You know, he is the part of the Trinity that is still present, present on with earth us. with us. Absolutely. You feel the Spirit, you know, right. the Spirit reveals things to you. The verb of the Trinity is my thoughts on them. I feel I feel that way. That's what I was trying to come across, but Casey did it more eloquently than yes. I could. Look, me and Bryce have the same ideas, and we bring them across differently for different people to understand most of the time. Well, I just I just think of it being as like I was thinking the the presence of God in today. Yep. You know, uh, back two thousand years ago, they had Jesus Christ, and before that, they still had the Spirit of the Lord, which yes. I believe is the Holy Spirit. But they had God himself, and God himself came to Moses, you know, and said, I am at the burning bush, came to Moses on Mount Sinai and gave the Ten Commandments, you know. But we we got the Holy Spirit now, which is, Jesus says in John chapter 16, I believe, that he's the comforter, he's your guide, he is, he's going to do what he's told to do, right? basically. And if he comes in another name, it's not the Holy Spirit. Mm-mm. Not, I'm not saying he will come in another name. It's impossible for him to do anything. Holy, but if something Ghost. comes in the other name and another name, then that's not the it's Holy not Spirit. The Holy that's, Spirit. What that's what he was trying to say. Yes. Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost are the same, same person. Thing. Same. Yep. And it's like, he can, the reason we talk about how he can only speak of God and he can only speak of Jesus, because that's all he knows, because that's all that was there. By that time, you know, we got creation, we got the devils out. All there is for him to learn about is he's learning what God would have him say. God prepared him for prepared him for that for the, for the time coming. Okay, so we got that not out of the way, but we got that to a basic. We got a good foundation on of it. who we believe the Holy Spirit is. Now let's talk about some gifts of the Holy Spirit. Casey or Mark, you're going up. Which one do you I think want? That to was go? Casey. It was mm-hmm. the gifts. <laughs> 
Should we do gifts first or should we talk about the fruit of the spirit first as evidence of what will be present? Well, if we're going to do fruits, we also then we need to put in the those couple of verses from uh, Sunday morning. We can do fruit. Oh, here's here's some of the ones that are works of the flesh. These are for people who don't have the Holy Spirit. Now the works. Is, this is Galatians five nineteen. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these: adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, uh, emulsions, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revealings, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I have told you in uh, time past that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are in Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. Does anybody want to touch on these topics? Well, I can give some of the same ideas what I was saying back in class was that we get, because of how society is, we see, anytime we see a list, we try and rank them. Right. We try and say, okay, in the case of the Ten Commandments, number one is worse to break than number 10. Right. And we see all those ones like the... Like he he listed some of the heavy hitters, you know. Absolutely. Adultery, idolatry, all these different things, but... We're so quick to where we'll see, well, I'm not doing this, so these other little things are okay. Are just that, little things. And there were a couple of little ones in there that were on there, but Paul has the rest of his list, and the ones out the verse I was talking about earlier, it's Ephesians 4. I'm just going to do the first half, the 31, because that's the part we're talking about yep. now. It yep. says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So it's... Once the like I was saying, once the big things are out of the way, you can start seeing the smaller things that are just, that are still bad because it's still bad to be not bad to be angry, bad to act on it, bad right. to be angry out of a bad intention. Right. You know, there's a difference between this type of anger that he's talking about here and the anger that Jesus had when he was cleansing the temple when he was overturning the tables, making the whip of cords and chasing the money lenders and everything out. Right. Just let me let me talk real quick realistically, realistically speaking. Think about the first things of the list that I just listed off and the ones that Mark just listed off. Which of these things would be good for you to have? That was what I was thinking too. You know, I have all these people that are advocating for a world peace or you know, advocating, you know, just be nice to each other, treat each other with kindness, things like that but they actively dismiss or actively work against the Holy Spirit or they say, you know, oh, I don't want to go to church because of this, this, and this, but we want all of these great things for our lives. But the verse that you just read or the yeah. list of verses completely yeah. outlines that the only way to have the the better parts that are listed right. is to have the Holy Spirit. So That's the only way, in my opinion. Now, this is my opinion, and it's a pretty bold one, and it's basically a hill I'm willing to die on. You cannot, in my mind, have joy, peace, love, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You cannot have anything 
any of those without the Holy Spirit. I would agree with you 100%. Yes. There's no way you can truly love unless you have have the Holy Spirit to show you how to love. There's were, no go ahead. Because there are two types of spirit. Because you're you can have one of two types of spirit in you. You can have the type of spirit that's going to talk to you about God, or you can have the type of spirit that's going to talk to you about yourself and make you listen to only yourself and what's good for you. Right. Which to be clear, we've said this many times. There's lots of things in the Bible that if we could get away with taking out, we'd be more than happy and more than comfortable right. to do so. Right. But that's not that's not our job. That's not the point. And see, I don't understand why anybody would be upset about hearing these things. If you have, get the Holy Spirit in you, all these things are good things to the they edify you. And it's not like it's this complex process where you have no. to, you know, do 60 blood rituals and Dance oh, on top of a volcano one. or whatever like, to have the Holy Spirit. It's right. as simple as accepting salvation through Jesus Christ right. and actively pursuing the salvation Holy. and sanctification. Absolutely. None of it just throws my mind off to think that someone would not want something like this. Well, it throws my mind off that people are struggling for these things and the simplest answer is directly in front of them. Right. I can tell you part of why. Go ahead. Because they're, they're trying to weaponize love. They're trying to change the definition to fit what they want it to be, and then they're making it a weapon to say, "Well, this is what you're going to do. This is love. If this, if if what you say is anything different than this, that's not love. Now you're hate. They're flipping everything over, well, switching think, what they are. I think they've got the definition of love and acceptance mixed up. That as well, that's because it. they want everything. Well, if you don't love me, you don't accept me. No, I love you enough to tell you. Yes, I love you enough to say that. Hey. I want to be uncomfortably told the truth than comfortably lied to. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I would rather have someone come and tell me the truth, especially if it's going to help me in the long run. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, whether you take that advice or not is up to you, which is the same thing with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will only lead you and guide you. Nowhere in there is the Holy Spirit says force. Right. Well, we hear all the time the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. Absolutely. He's not going to come in and, you know, overtake a service. Not that he won't be part of a service, but it's not going to be a spectacle. Right. It won't be, it won't be look at what the Holy Spirit's doing. Yeah. It'd be like, look, in what, look at what God has done. Look at what God is doing in this situation. But the Holy Spirit is the one giving, like lighting the path to saying that. And I, I do, I guess I kind of find it kind of funny that the type of generation that we have now, this popcorn mentality, if I can't, if I can't watch it and, 30 seconds, or if I can't have it in five minutes, I don't want it. Right. They're latching on to a much harder one that doesn't even get them to it, and they're bypassing the easiest path to get there. Well, and my my thing is, too, the, the devil is a master of deceit and, de and deceiving. He's a master at making it look like his way is going to be easier, but in the long, way, long run, it turns out into a long, painful, drawn-out, you know, situation to where with the Holy Spirit, you get joy. Uh, enjoy the easiest way, the most hillbilly way I can explain it is uh, p uh, joy is better than happiness because it doesn't work off of circumstance. Joy yeah. is something that is internal and it comes out in, uh, outside of you from the inside, but it's not based off of circumstance. Say joy is when you see an old woman who has gone through so much in her life right. that she has every right to be bitter as can be. 
but she's still sitting there with a smile on her face, you know, still Absolutely. proclaiming the goodness of God when she, by our own physical eyes and physical understanding, has every right, right. every right to be nasty as can be. Absolutely. And my thing too, everyone always wants happiness, but happiness is temporary and it happiness is. is based off of circumstance. It doesn't take long for happiness to wear off. Not a bit. Next one we're going to talk about is peace. Okay. What does the Holy Spirit do? And we, we, we hear this all the time, like at funerals, peace beyond what? Understanding. Yep. It, it's a peace that it's not given or offered by this world. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, peace, like you were saying, we want world peace. Well, how do you get world peace? Put the world back to the Holy Spirit. Put the world back to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will point you right back to God. We have tried to do every single thing to get these except for what we need to do to get these. Yeah. It's just we talked some off. I wanted to say off camera, but we're not being recorded. Thank goodness, because I'm covered in blanket fuzz. But <laughs> off mic, you know, that a lot of these things that are holy institutions or a lot of things that are meant to be interpreted or meant to be had in certain ways are being completely twisted or corrupted. You know, we talked about marriage or the place of each individual gender yeah. in marriage, things like that, and the way that things are corrupted and taken away and twisted to attack was essentially the holy institution of God, marriage itself. Absolutely. And it's the same way with the the fruit of the spirit. We take what we think we know how peace is going to be obtained. We pervert it. We do. Yep. And we expect to have the same end goal, but in reality, if you just, once again, like we've said several times, chose to follow the path laid out ahead that's been predestined and go to the correct source, you wouldn't have to worry about the outcome because it'd be the same every single time. That's why I so strongly believe that you cannot have any of these without the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. You can't. You, can't. you can have uh, temporary type, uh, quick fix type things, but you will not have something that is lasting. You can have a feeling, but you can't have the quality. Right. That's it. Absolutely. That's a good way to say it. And this thing, feelings can change. Feelings aren't permanent. Bible says feelings are fickle. They are. Facts are. So your right. feeling and your feelings will never change the fact. They only change how you react to the fact. Well, right. It's like this table. We could stain it any color that we wanted, but underneath every layer of stain, it's still the same wood that it was originally. Absolutely. Yep. By we, we mean Bryce, because we wouldn't actually be helping with <laughs> that. So here's I might. here's the next one on the fruit of the spirit: long suffering. That one's hard. Here, here's the thing, though. We split it up in this one word. Long-suffering can be taken one of two ways. Long-suffering as in patience is the way that it's being portrayed here, I believe. Right. I feel like it's a, a patience uh, for someone who is maybe in your family who has gone astray, and, and the Holy Spirit has helped you with being more patient in the moment of distress Patient in the moment of fear, patient or long-suffering in the moment of uh, being angry. I feel like the Holy Spirit does that. But in the same respect, the world is going through some long-suffering right now because they will not accept Jesus Christ, and they will not accept the power of the Holy Spirit to lead you to salvation and to lead you with relationship. One thing I have learned through a lot of the studies that we've been doing, both yeah. with Sunday school and just some of my own studying, yeah, is that I've learned 
and I'm I'm going to quote and say it. This is a fact that when you have a word or something, and the world can't argue that that word's not real or that it's not real, they right. change the definition to make it where it fits what they want. Right. Like I was so, saying with love and acceptance. With love and acceptance. With yep. peace, they change what peace means. To change the definition. Yeah. Like if anyone was at the, anyone that listens was in one of the, I think it was a Sunday school class when we went over like the the names of God and we went over Jehovah Shalom. Our idea of peace is, the world's idea of peace is coexisting. Right. But you look at it in the Hebrew and it was where, Destroying all the power of the confusion of the enemy. That's, that's not peace. the sa- that's not the same as coexisting. That's right. completely taking away the enemy and the enemy's authority. That's not coexisting. And same with long suffering. Like even here, it says having or showing patience in spite of troubles, especially those caused by other people. I just kind of wonder why they felt the need to point out that it had to be caused by other people. Right? Why are they? It, to me, it seems like they're taking out their own responsibility. There's times that you're long suffering because of a decision you made that has nothing to do with somebody Nobody else. Nobody else, That's right? That's true. They're, that happens. They're passing everything they're doing, pass trying the to pass the blame to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And taking away personal responsibility for things. Good thought, Mark. Yeah, can't argue with that. I mean, I feel the same. There's the, some things that I've made decisions on personally in my life that the Holy Spirit has to work with me to understand that. You didn't make this decision in one day. It's not going to go away in one day. No. You know, so you're going to have to kind of bear the consequences of your choices. And that's a good way, to, good good thought, Mark. Yeah, the only way to get rid of something that you caused, if you want to get rid of it in one day, snuff it out the first day when you see it. Don't wait till that snowball's right. on the hill when you can't. Right, cut it off at the root. Next one, gentleness. We have lost that touch. In our society. I mean, every one of these we have lost because we basically have denied the Holy Spirit and denied the power of God and denied the the sacrifice of his son. I think gentleness is one of those where, again, it's been twisted and taken differently. Gentleness, a lot of people will say, means that you can't offend anybody. It means you can't say anything to criticize somebody. Yeah. You could be gentle in those things also. Gentleness means that whenever... Say that I had an issue with Bryce. Yeah. Gentleness gentleness would mean going to Bryce and saying, you know, hey, this is a problem that I think that we're having. Let's discuss it. I love you. I don't want this to affect our relationship. Whereas the idea of gentleness that the world has would be just never saying anything at all and allowing the problem to snowball, like I've said before. And to create division. Absolutely. I think gentleness, like you're saying, when I picture i guess what gentleness is i feel like holding a newborn baby is what my mind goes to you have to be firm and and hold the neck up hold the parts up you know but still have the touch or the gentleness to where you know that what's in your hand is delicate mm-hmm. um especially in my mind goes to a new christian mm-hmm. um you have to be firm in the way that you um disciple to them i guess is a good way to put it you have to be firm in that, also knowing that what you are talking to and dealing with is delicate. Absolutely. It could be holding a, a flower, you know, uh, you grab it too hard with a good firm grip on it and you break the stem, you break the flowers off, but you hold it with respect and you give it some water and be careful to it and and help cultivate it. 
you'll get something way better in the long run that gets the same result as you have with the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of the church nowadays, that's why some of the people have fallen away from the church because we don't have gentleness, gentleness right? when we speak to new Christians or new believers or people that are just coming to check it out. Right. You know, we don't have that gentleness with them. And my thought on this is I think going along with what Patty was saying is in that aspect, we're twisting things ourselves. Absolutely. With the, we're very harsh yes. with the new Christians, but you got to coddle your best tithe pair. Right. Right. That's not good either. <laughs> that's what yeah. happens. It's true. And it should be the other way around. Mm-hmm. Right. The one that's been there can handle being the, the hard instruction. Absolutely. The one that's, this might be the first time I've ever, ever even read the word church anywhere right. is the one you've got to be gentle. You've got to get them to grow. Absolutely. That is such a good analogy. Mm-hmm. It makes you think, you know, with your boys, would you spank them when they were, you know, three years old the same way you would now? No. Mm-mm. He's going to knock your teeth out now. <laughs> they're, really, they're not really kids kids anymore. They're still no, young. But, but. In, the, in the same respect, it's a, it's a gentle, still firm. Yeah, you know, you have to stand stand firm on basic points, yeah. obviously. And then there's some people that have come in and will try to manipulate your gentleness. And I think later on we'll figure out some more attributes of the Holy Spirit that will coincide. You don't get one of these without no. having all no, of them. No, you have to yeah. get all of them. We're gonna we're gonna touch back on that in just a minute. So next one we got is goodness. Are you still in Galatians? Or are you in? We're in Galatians five and twenty two. Goodness. Is the last one. Or not okay. the last nope. one. It's one of the last ones. How how hard is it nowadays to find something that's genuinely good? How hard is it nowadays to find somebody genuinely good and not question their uh genuineness? Intentions? Yeah. Yeah. The ultimate their uh, ulterior motives. Right. Yeah. That's it. I think sometimes we have our guards up way too way much. Way too much. Right. I Go ahead. And that's a, a thing, too. Like, when we're operating in all of these, right now, like she talks about, we get our guards up. We get these walls built up because enough people have heard us in the past, or if it's a case of a new Christian, enough pe- churches have heard us in the past that we're not going to really, really let anybody understand it, let anybody in. We're not really going to buy in or do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you have, when you get into a body of, of a church, a body of Christ that is operating in the spirit, operating in the gentleness, the goodness, and all this, you can let those walls down because you know that, yeah, maybe the other 97 churches you visited in the past, you know, 10 to 15 years were that one way, but that doesn't mean that number 98 is going to be the same. Right. I've been trying to mull over my head while you guys have been talking about goodness and what that means in general. Because I think of Jesus saying, you know, there's none good but the Father. So I'm like, well, how can we have goodness? But it brought me back around to, you know, looking at Jesus as an example. Having or being good or goodness as a uh, fruit of the Spirit means that you're good to everybody that you meet, not just people who you allow past your walls, if it's from your own perspective, you know. Jesus didn't come and give his life just for people that he um, perceived as worthy of that. It was for every person. Goodness means treating everybody well, regardless. Regardless of what they might have for you or how they treat you. And it takes my mind to 
love your enemies and pray for those who despitefully use you. Yes. Yeah. It's the same exact thing. You have to be who you are, no matter what somebody else is or does or says. I would have to say, going off what Casey said, you know, going how how Jesus came and how he viewed people. Yeah. Like only talking to the people that he felt were worthy. Well, he did only talk to the people he felt were worthy. He talked to everybody. Every single one of them. They were all worthy. And we don't have that mentality. He normally That's talked right. to the people that were unworthy, unworthy. to everyone else. Yes, exactly. But even then, when he was talking, when he was teaching in the temple and teaching out in public, he didn't, when the Pharisees and Sadducees would ask him a question, there were a couple times where he didn't answer because that was the point of the lesson. Right. But in every other instance, he may have been talking to somebody that was in adultery or whatever it was, but when they talked to him, he answered them too. He talked to everyone, whether it was someone that felt they were too religious to need anything or the ones that felt that they were too bad they couldn't get there if they need, even if they knew they needed it. That's true. Same way you can't just be a part-time Christian. I don't think you can be a part-time bearer of the fruit either. And that's it. You right. got to you gotta be the same that you are in church as you are out of church. And the same you're out of church, you got to be the same in church. And you will do that you know, naturally with the Holy Spirit. Naturally oh, yeah. with the Holy Spirit. Because at first, when you're coming to Christ, you're still fighting your old self. Right. And your defenses are up and your attitudes are up. You know, and I'm not saying it doesn't fall down sometimes too. Absolutely. But that's when we have to check ourselves and be like, why did I just snap like that? But if the Holy Spirit you know, is telling you and asking you why, you're in a good spot. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. Questioning that. Yeah. If you if you make a slip back and you don't hear the little voice in your head saying what's going yeah. on. You still feel that conviction. Yeah. That. If you don't feel it, you've got a big problem. Yeah. People act like conviction is a terrible thing. You know, oh, I've been convicted and I'm an awful person because of it. It's the no. most beautiful thing I'll on say, the planet. The presence of conviction is evidence that you are pursuing yeah. a good sanctification. Yeah. Be thankful because you're in the right steps. Yeah. Right. Another case of changing a word, you know, conviction of what you've done wrong to turn back towards God. Right. Is now it's a legal term of conviction. You've, you're guilty. Now you're going to get punished. Convicted felon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're being punished. Right. Whereas the biblical view of it, you're convicted. Now you can change your life. You can come back to God. Absolutely. Totally different views on it. And that's kind of how it. the devil does to us. That's what I've been saying. Absolutely. Yeah. When To put it in another way, if if we're thinking we're convicted from something that we're doing wrong, the devil says, oh, you shouldn't go back to church because you're bad. It's a forever judgment on something that is in reality just being highlighted or spotlighted for you to acknowledge, address, and continue on. And it might not be the people in the church that's um, coming towards you in a convicting way. It's yourself. Yeah. yeah. And some people mistake that for people looking at you when no one knows No what's one going. even yeah. knows. Right. Or if they know, they're probably not even thinking about you. Know, you. They're probably thinking about, what am I having for lunch today? Right. And looking in your direction vaguely. Right. But you're the one inside thinking, oh my gosh. You're interpreting they're gonna, they're, what they're saying or what yes, they're lo- how they're looking they're at thinking you. They're thinking about me bad. You're, well, going back to the Mark's legal system um, example, conviction and judgment are hand in hand there. Your judgment is what gives you your conviction. People feel conviction, and it's easier for them to look for somebody to passing judge. judgment on them right. rather than acknowledging the fact that I know right from wrong, and it is my responsibility now to act on this. Absolutely. Well, that was a good one. Next mm-hmm. one. Let's talk about the next one. Next one is faith. What is faith, Mark? Tell us. 
Well, the best way I can describe it is the way that we've used it in for years to explain it. Um, I treat it as an acronym. We always have put it this way. I've heard it put this way. I've put it this way myself many times is forsaking all I trust him. That's what it is. Cause you're not seeing, you don't have to see it. You walk by faith and not by, by sight. sight. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence, yeah, the evidence of things, of things unseen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a big part of what, how we view faith. We have to know that faith doesn't work on circumstance. No. A lot of the times with faith, you're playing the long game. And it's contrary to circumstance. Yeah. yeah. What stuff looks like is not what where faith, and even when things are bad, that's where faith is built. When things are ugly and nasty and, and, and down spiraling as fast as they can possibly be going. But when you say forsaking all, I trust him. Faith is being built. Yes. Absolutely. You look at situations in people's lives or even your own life, sometimes you're wondering how on earth are they still sitting there and saying that God is good, yeah. God's going to bring us through, and everything is working. But faith against. is also an action word. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's building. Faith it's is tested. getting built for you to act. Right. You know? So it's it's a faith is action. Faith is always being tested. Yep, always. Absolutely. And In I, motion. And once again... This is a hill I'm willing to die on. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot. Me. You cannot have faith without the Holy Spirit. That's no. right. It's impossible for you to live by something you don't know unless you have someone helping you in the back and guiding you and saying, "Listen, trust God. Trust Him. Just trust Him with everything you have. Have faith that He will get you through this circumstance, even though it doesn't look good for right now. Trust Him." I know the example I used before was I use it is like with fishing. Yeah. Um, so we all know everyone is given a manner of a measure of faith. Yep. But we're also all given muscles. Right. And if you don't work it, you can't use it. Right. <laughs> so just by just because you know that whether you're a believer or not, you know it says in there that all are given a measure of faith mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can use it. Not right. until you have the Holy Spirit and that part of it. Right. And I the 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 I don't want to say maybe the faith itself, but where I try and think of it as a physical way. So like where the faith in you resides is kind of what the Holy Spirit latches onto, what it connects to, it's what it uses to teach you, what you then uses to build it. So it's just like with the um my fishing analogy from when I was talking about it is the whole action of it is to get the fish. So you have the Holy Spirit. You have, the, I believe I said the worm was the faith that it latched on to. Right. And that's how it draws it in. It has still has to have that connection. It still is there, but you can't, you still have to work it to get it to be able to use it. Absolutely. It has to be cast out. You know, into the water. If you're going to catch a fish, you don't bait your hook and leave it in the boat. No, no, you right. have to. It's a, I'm finding a lot of these are action words in this list of the things. One of them, but yeah, every one of them. Next. So far, we're at 100 percent on action words. <laughs> <laughs> Next one is meekness, and the best way I can explain meekness is a horse that is led by what is called a bridle and a mouthpiece, and it's inside the mouth, and it's a thousand pound horse with enough muscle to do what it wants to do but being strong enough 
and also meek enough to be led by whoever's driving it. That's probably only a few ounces piece of metal a bit in there. <laughs> Maybe a pound. Say there's more strength and meekness than there is a straight show of strength. anything. Absolutely. There is. You know, if there is a, um, not saying that a ball is an animate object that makes its own decisions, of course, but a ball rolling down a hill is not going to stop. It has the power to crush everything in its path. Say the ball is able to make its own decisions, it'd be far more difficult for it to slow itself and keep from crushing those things, rather yeah. than be to let go and gain all the momentum. Right. It takes more effort to be meek than it does to just do whatever you like. Way more. It's like brakes and, on a car to and me. And it causes yeah. more destruction that way too. Absolutely. It takes more power. If you have a thousand horsepower car, you need enough stopping power of that car. Uh, you can go that fast, but you also got to think about stopping it and keeping it up. You have to have equal as much power in stopping and strength and stopping as you do in the forward momentum. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think, Casey, we were talking about it earlier, um, just being quiet in situations, knowing Sometimes. that you have enough words and enough knowledge and enough wisdom to completely uh, obliterate, basically, a debate or an argument, having enough power to keep yourself quiet and letting God and the Holy Spirit minister to somebody else shows a great sign of meekness. Because I think that that is also evidence of faith and evidence of meekness, evidence of long-suffering. And it's also the exact opposite of the attitude you would have typically the other way. Because it's like, oh, you're wrong. I know you're wrong, and now I'm going to smash you. But knowing that if you do that, it's not actually... Pointing things out that way are not beneficial to help that person. Right. Smashing them within an inch of their lives because you know you're right and they're wrong. Right. Doesn't help them. No. But doing it quietly or just gently going to them about something, maybe only talking about part of it, just something that you think they can handle quickly. Right. To then help them get built up. Strength under control. Exactly. And let's just be clear, the Holy Spirit is the one doing the controlling. Yeah. And he's leading you the right way. We have a bad uh we're way the of doing horse. We do it ourselves. We're the horse. The Holy Spirit has the reins. Okay, here's our next one. Temperance. I don't actually know what temperance means, other than control your temper, which is just a thought that I have. I found so I while we were doing the last one, I got up there was okay, what's the difference? Which which uh way are they trying to say it is here and well, the first one is absence from an alcoholic drink, but that's not what we're talking about here. No. We're leaning more on the second side of this is the quality of moderation or self-restraint. That's the same thing, I think, is meekness. Like self-control. Yeah. Yeah. See, you say temperance, and it makes me and my baker self think of tempering Green chocolate. chocolate. Yep. You take chocolate to a point to where it's not going to melt under the pressure of whatever circumstance you're putting it in. It has a breaking point where it can snap. You can temper chocolate so it can bend. Temperance is taking the circumstance that you're in and being able not to mold yourself to the circumstance in the sense that you're a part of it, right. but mold your characteristics to the point to where you can handle the heat of whatever the circumstance is. Right. Where you need to bend with you know gentleness or meekness, you can bend. I like that. Not just because I like chocolate and I'm fat. No, that just makes sense. Yeah. 
Oh, I was giving it. Oh, I thought she, I just saw the, <laughs> her hands going up. That was good. That Out of the corner good. of my eye, I just saw Patty kind of going with her hand up. I, I was thought doing she was thumbs up, Casey. Yeah, but it's just was thumbs good. up. Yeah, I thought she was going to add on, but <laughs> it was just a thumbs up. And let's clear this up on the on the last on this next verse. Against such, there is no law. If you follow these things, there's nothing. That is ruled against having these things. None of these things are going to get you in trouble. Say, I no. don't think I could find any faults in any of those qualities in a person. Absolutely not. There's no way to find fault in it unless you're Satan and you want him to be evil and go to hell. <laughs> Seriously, how not? <laughs> I know. <laughs> not trying to be funny. I know it's a yeah, weird way to yeah. put it, but still. <laughs> yeah, well, think of it this way. There are tons and tons and tons of actual, I don't mean implied and people saying that they are when they're really not actual hate crimes there are no love crimes no there's no such thing no there's no legal term or definition for a love crime they now they try and get close when they talk about like these acts of passion that it's still it's a hate crime it's not actually someone caring for somebody and then trying to do things to help them it's still negative it's still an attack it's still evil yeah okay have we made it through all of the fruit of the spirit yeah, but I yeah. got I got a couple more things to say. Okay, well I've been holding back on something the entire time, so if you say it, let's go. Well, here, here's my here's my thing. It says right here. She was being meek and temperate. Here's <laughs> Galatians five twenty four, and correct me if I'm wrong in my thought process on this. It says, and they that are Christ's have cruci like Christ with a apostrophe as his possessions mm -hmm. have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. When I read that right there, it tells me I have the free, the free shot or somebody else has the free shot of judging somebody based on these attributes. Oh, absolutely. I know everyone knows Matthew 7, verse 1, judge not lest you be judged. Yeah. But it goes on too to talk about how you should... Make sure that there's no plank in your eye when there's a speck in your brother's. But once you remove that, you have you have clear vision to be able to judge. Right. I feel like, and I could be wrong, but this is how I'm interpreting this. They that are Christ are crucified, are have crucified the flesh with the affections of lust. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. People should be able to tell that we are working with the fruit of the spirit it should be evident on the outside of us by the way we act and we are giving not only everyone around us other christians people of the world we're giving them the right to judge us first of all and second of all we'll be able to judge someone who whether they're really a christian or not yeah absolutely that's and, where the discernment comes in and we've said that it really just a second it doesn't take much discernment you have to just see these if there's not the Bible says you will know the tree by the fruit it bears. You will know whether someone is a Christian or not based on these attributes right here. Yeah, and we always talk about how we give the world the right to judge us by our love. We also, since if they want to hold us up to the to the Word of God, okay, we've now given them a checklist of things to check. Okay, yep. are they being loving? Okay, but are they doing this? Like, what's going on here? They... They know exactly how we say we're supposed to be, and we've given them the exact list of how they can determine them while they're not living up to what they say they're trying to be. Absolutely. 
And I think one of the biggest parts of it that people don't think about is even just missing one check on that list. Misses them all. It misses them all. You've said a couple, several times now, you know, you can't have the fruit of the spirit without the Holy Spirit. You can't have joy, peace, love, all all of them. If you don't have gentleness or meekness, you can't love somebody. Right. Without love in your life, it's not without fruits. faith, you we've, can't have joy. We've we've came across yeah. this, you know, in the past. It's not fruits, plural of the spirit. It's one fruit yep. with what nine different attributes. Yeah, you know, I mean, it'd be like having an apple with no skin on it, and no stem coming out of it, and no bottom that's crinkled up, and no little point at the bottom, and no seeds in the middle. Everything about that makes it an apple. Mm -hmm. Or I would even go a step further. When you take a bite of that apple, it's not just one flavor you taste. It's the flavors, the juices, everything. Each thing has its own thing. Like If you look at like Jones Soda and that, they make these things that taste exactly like what they say on the label. Yeah. They don't have just one little um, oil or something they put in. They've got, okay, we've got to get something that makes it... Tastes like how it, the skin feels when you break it. There's a flavor of the oil that that releases. So we got to have that. Oh well, we've got to have the, the sweetness of this type of apple or the tartness of this one. So they have to. It's made up of multiple flavors, just to get the one. Exactly, and it goes on further. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. We went over that. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. You know, these these aren't to make anyone feel bigger. like we're above them or they're below us or whatever it is. Don't desire vainglory. And when it says vainglory, it means a glory that doesn't mean anything in the long run. Absolutely. Vain. It's completely vain. Mm-hmm. Provoking one another and envying one another. Love Nobody, doesn't provoke or envy. Right. Love is patient. Love is kind. All these things will put you so... It'll put you in a mindset... Every, everything about the holy, uh, the fruit of the Spirit will put you in a second-place mindset, in my opinion. I agree. I think, you know, vainglory, that's, in my thought, anything that's a, um, a look at me or look what I've done. Right. Because nothing that you do on this earth is going to be in anything aside for what you do for the kingdom. Absolutely. It says. Easy. Yeah. That one's easy to interpret, in my opinion. Okay, that get, that's good on the fruit of the spirit, Casey. You're up. You're, yeah, you've I don't been, know you've if been I, chomping at the bit, and we've been we've keeping been keeping our beak. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's see what you got to say, Casey. I'm excited about it. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna come out of. Well, I'm not gonna come out of. I'm reading out of First Corinthians 12, which is concerning the spiritual gifts. You know, we've seen the the adjective of mm-hmm. what the Holy Spirit will give you, the qualities that you'll be given. Now, the physical evidence of the Spirit. And I'm just going to read through from one until we get to one to go over. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. I think that's an important place to stop for a second. Diversities of gifts with the same Spirit. Absolutely. You know, I think a lot of people looking at the gifts of the Spirit or what we hear of the gifts of the Spirit, they think if you don't have every single one of them, 
that you don't have the Holy Ghost. I think we should stop back at verse number three, wherefore to give yeah. you give to you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus accursed. No man that can say Jesus Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Absolutely. If 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 this is someone listening and that doesn't have a pastor like that we have, you know, if your pastor is not glorifying the name of Jesus, yikes! You need to run. check that back door. Make sure it's not locked. Absolutely, get out of there as fast as you can. The only way that someone can testify that Jesus Christ is Lord by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Okay, let's go. Okay. Six. Six. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Hold on a second there. I think a way to think about this, when we talk about these differences in administrations, diversity of gifts, diversity of operations, to kind of like, I think the best analogy for that is a human body, which I know we use it, and it's also in other places in the Bible. You know, just because... You know, my arm can has my hand, I can pick something up. Doesn't mean it's different. It's not a part of me like my leg is a part of me. Right. So the different, the diversity of operations, there are different people do different things, but they still have the same God. Right. It's not a case of... Just even going, going to a different analogy, someone working, say, at a factory. Yeah. You have, if you're working on assembly line, you have different... Uh, objectives, Your parts different goals, different parts that you put on, different things that you do, but you're still working for the same factory. Yeah. Right. Okay, go ahead. Okay. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Stop. The Holy Spirit will not give you anything that's not worth profit. It is to profit your soul, I believe, unto salvation, profit you unto sanctification. It's not going to do anything to bring you down. That's one way to know if someone is not prophesying correctly to you, if it's not given first by God to you, and then they come through and and tell you completely something different, um, get away from them. But if they confirm what God has already said to you, you're good. And to, to back that up, the, the, that phrase, to profit with all, it means it's a benefit or advantage for everybody. Right. It's not just... To benefit one. Just to benefit the one person. Right. All these, like I... I pointed out Sunday morning, you know, the, the, the bad side lists are selfish. The, the things that we're replacing them with the works and the fruit of the spirit are selfless. List. Second place mentality. Second place mentality. Yep. Go for it, Casey. All right. For to one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Do we want to go into the difference between, because it clearly says there's obviously a difference between knowledge and wisdom because one person gets knowledge, one gets wisdom, and we interchange them so often as being the same things that we that we forfeit the 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 quality or the difference between them. Go for it, Mark. What's what so, does wisdom mean? That's the one I pulled up first. So the wisdom. So here's a, a a fact. You can't define a word by using itself, right? You can't like you can't say define a table by using a table as its definition, right? Are we in agreement with that? Yeah. Okay, so here's the definition. This is going to make sense. The definition for wisdom. The quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. <laughs> so if you, they have to be different because if you can't use the word to describe itself. It's different. Absolutely. So 
one person can have the knowledge and the other person can have the experience being around the person with knowledge or hearing what they're saying so, and gain the wisdom from so it. So tell me that again. It's the experience. The quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. So I think of wisdom. I think of instantly go to old people. Yeah, pretty much. For people who have experienced things and have been through things and know what the Holy Spirit has opened their eyes to what God was doing for them. Yeah. I feel like that right there is wisdom. I think of wisdom as the application of knowledge in Absolutely. a lot of ways. Absolutely. And the ex- the experience of knowledge. Yeah. And here's what knowledge is. Facts, information, and skills acquired by a person through experience or education. The theoretical or practical understanding of a subject. So like if you're going to, if you got a question about your car, maybe you don't know what it is, but you know you're going to have a mechanic who has it. And if it's something that they have to do, obviously you'll go. But it's like all you got to do is switch this out and you're good. You're wise enough to know I'm gonna I don't know what to do with this. I'm gonna go talk to somebody that does. Here in my mind, here's where knowledge and wisdom change. You can know something all you want. But when you get to wisdom, it's someone who has experienced That's it. and they know from experience. You know, like you're saying, uh, I can watch YouTube videos all day long and know how to change X, Y, and Z on my car, but if I take it to somebody who has Change X, Y, yeah. and Z. It's going to be a lot different than me fumbling around for hours when it should take 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, and that's where knowledge and wisdom, I think they coexist. Yeah. I think, like you're saying, knowledge is part of wisdom, but wisdom with ex- or knowledge with experience. And then there's some knowledge by itself. I would say wisdom would maybe best be said then as knowledge and action. I My thought on it is similar to yours is... Somebody who's been a surgeon for 30 years probably read the same books that somebody that just graduated medical school did. Yeah. Right. They probably had the same training or similar, yeah. you know, not accounting for advancements. Yeah. Right. I'm sure that the new graduate could tell you how to perform open heart surgery. Right. I would surely choose the, 30 the veteran surgeon. Yeah, absolutely. Before I would go with somebody who ain't never done it before. More wisdom. Yes. Definitely. Exactly. Because, you know, through his experience, he knows, okay, 99% of the time, yes, we have to do it exactly this way. But I know when we actually do this, sometimes this is what we have to do. Say knowledge is knowing the concept of application. Wisdom is knowing that the fact isn't always the uh, deciding factor. Yeah. So sometimes when we're doing, we're doing... So basically what I've been doing the past six months has been civil engineering yeah. with infrastructure underground. When we have an engineer there on site, now we have one that has 40 years of experience that comes from an outside group and he knows what it takes to get stuff done. And we had one on this last project that we did that is an intern fresh out of college. Everything has to be done exactly by the book. You can't if, and, or but about it. But there's also no outside uh, external forces, you know, right. factors, outside right. factors on it. Yeah. To where the, the the guy that has years and years of experience be like, look, I know what it takes to get this done. I know some of the stuff that is, it doesn't really make matter one way or the other exactly. if you do it like this or like this. But the new kid was like, you got to do that, 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 got to take this up, put that down, do this. But he's not factoring in the water lines. He's not factoring in the sewer lines, the gas lines, the the fiber optic lines, the bridge that we uncovered, you know, through there. 
the old guy that we had before was like, look, I understand that sometimes things aren't going to go exactly perfect. Here's what you can do to kind of get around that. Here's what you can do. And that's wisdom speaking. Yep. Yeah. Like a more of like a supplement to it. It's like, okay, yeah. Okay. There's this checklist. This is what you need to do to get the stuff out of the hole to work the pipe. Right. But no, having done it for what, years, 40 years, years, yeah. 40 years knows that, okay, sometimes either because you don't have access to the machinery or you don't have the manpower, whatever it is like, Hey, we can't do it. We can't do it this way. We can still do it safely. We need to do it this way. He knows the base principles of what we need to do to get the done job done yeah. properly. He says, these I will not budge on. You yeah. have to do the base of this. But then there's some external things that don't really matter much at the end of the day, which I feel like that's a practical say In my mind, that makes sense to me. Yeah. That's like what I say when you talk about when we talk about what different churches believe. Right. Practically, okay, yeah, it says all this stuff. But the only really important thing is there is what they do about Jesus. Who he is and what they do with him. The rest does not affect anything. Right. All right, let's talk. Let's keep reading cases. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I interrupted you, Casey. No, You're this is all great. good, man. To another faith by the same spirit. Boom. Faith by the same spirit. We just yep. talked about faith in, yep. in pretty good depth. Yep. I, I, I want to add something to that that I have noticed throughout this whole thing. Go for it. By the same spirit. Yeah. All these are gifts from the same thing. And I feel like, but it, it, it it, it's not as broad. I, I don't want to say broad as the fruit of the Spirit, because the fruit of the Spirit, you're going to get all of them. Right. With these ones, it's to another, to another. Some it's of these won't apply. Yeah, they won't apply to you. Right. That's okay. Some people have great faith. And some people need more building. Right. It's like every man's given a portion of faith. That's yeah. where that that portion is in. Is in the fruits or the fruit of the spirit. That right. portion is that faith right there. You have a little bit of faith, but some have extended. Sometimes you're given the gift of more. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. To another, to another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. Let's talk about healing. I don't know if I've ever personally met somebody that has that gift. Not that I know of. Mm, I don't think I have either. I've heard about them. We've seen them. We've read about them, you know, like on TV and things like that. I feel like some of those that are more exposed, yeah. like to make a, a spectacle. Right. There's a small percentage of them that based on you see other things, like you have the other fruits. So just having the gift of healing, but then not having the fruit to line it up is when I say, okay, now I'm a you're, you're a little sketchy. That is such a good thought that I didn't even think to bring together. Can you truly step into your gift from the Spirit? Can you truly utilize it without first acknowledging the fruit? Absolutely not. That's what I'm thinking. I don't think so. You may know, not saying that anybody that we know personally is a terrible Christian because they don't have the fruit of the Spirit. That's not what I'm saying at all. But there might be somebody that you do know that does have the gift of healing, but because they're not pursuing the gift actively and because they're not actively pursuing the fruit of the Spirit, it hasn't been revealed unto them yet. Yeah. Right. That's something you think about too. You know, if you're listening through and you think, well, I don't have any of that, there's always praying for revealing of the gift. There's get the, always get the basics. Seeking it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. To another, the working of miracles. Okay. To another prophecy. 
Wait a second. Oh, okay. Well, back it up to another The Working of Miracles. Yeah, okay is now a word that we use to stop for a minute. <laughs> so I Casey don't, says she's okay, that, she this, wants to stop for a this minute. This is the same as the last one. I don't think I've ever seen anybody like that. Yeah. I think I've seen people that have been miracles. I, I've seen miracles yes. performed. Yes. Right? But I've seen it perform. I feel like it's more from God's hand. Right. Yeah. Well, that makes me think, you know, maybe there is somebody that you know that has the the gift of miracles. That maybe it's by praying. But by prayer. That's what I was thinking. Absolutely. You know, I didn't I'm not try saying to steal that your thought there, Casey. I'm there's sorry. nobody whose prayer is more important than Absolutely. another's, but just because you're not physically touching somebody, the miracles occurring doesn't mean that you're not having influence. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. If because if they're not obedient and praying for that, may, may uh, yeah, have. and maybe you reveal that unto somebody that has prayed for people and they've seen healing and recovery and be like. That might be a gift from the Holy Spirit yeah. that I have. Right. Very well. Very well could be. All right, next one, Casey. All right, to another prophecy. Okay, I've heard prophecy a lot. I have heard that. I know specifically of a Absolutely. couple people. And we have a different, we have our view on what prophecy is, too. I want to see if I can find, because... Pull up a definition. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking for, because I, the way we think of prophecy is not really the way the Bible means prophecy. We all think of prophecy as telling the future but i believe as your dad was telling us you know prophecy was also it was telling the truth was telling the word of god so right prophecy is preaching prophecy is preaching so we've got we we don't we're not settling for letting the world twist what words mean we we've had our little run at it on occasion too so yeah i've heard prophet liars too yeah yeah people who will Try to make you think. And if you get, if someone says something to you, words have power. They do. Whether it's true or not, you can make it true over your life, I believe. Absolutely. I believe you okay. can make something that isn't true, true by believing it. Speaking it into existence. Existence, absolutely. Especially absolutely. if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Speaking. The Word of God or what God has told you specifically. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing with prophecy is it's not going to be something that's detrimental. You've already covered that. Right. Even when it is not great or not a great outlook, it's right. warning for salvation of a situation that you may have. Right. There is such thing as prophecy of warning. Just because you don't like a prophecy doesn't mean that it's not a yeah, God-given prophecy. Like, like we've already spoke to about conviction. It's something you've been convicted before. Right. And God's saying, here's another voice of telling you this. Absolutely. Do you got a definition for us, Mark? Actually, I was looking for a verse because that popped into my head. I was just trying to find it because uh, I know there's one about speaking of those things that aren't as though they are, and I'm just trying to find the right one for it, and I can't quite find what I'm looking for. Unless I'm falling into one of Lenny's traps of its ones I think is a verse in the Bible. And it's no, not, it's, that one is. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure. certain I am. I just not, I'm not certain... Easy enough to apparently find it because it didn't pop up in these first few. I'm sorry. What are you looking for? It's, there's the verse where it says that you're speaking, spe- those speaking things. of things that, that aren't as though they are. Mm-hmm. I try typing. That That's, I feel like that's faith to me. It does. I agree. While Mark is looking for that, let's talk about the next one. Okie doke. To another discerning of spirits. Bible says try the spirits. And find out if they're true, right, Mark? It does say that. I can remember that one. 
say I think discernment is something that a lot of people pray for in situations. And the unfortunate reality of the situation is it might not be a gift that you're allotted. No. Some people have and some people don't. Right. And I think the same way Mark said a body, and I'm almost certain that that's a verse later down because I've read through it already. It is further down. And I saw that after I, when I was reading through when you were is, talking. As we go through these, it's important to know that different people in your church or different people in your spiritual walk are going to have these different gifts. Absolutely. And the idea is to work together and to rely on one another. Yeah. You know? I may have a gift of discerning spirits, yeah. whereas you may have another. But if something comes up and you know you know for a fact that's a gift you've been given, right? Don't shy away just because you're use it for the profit with right, all. Right for everybody. Right. I got it. Go for it. Romans four seventeen. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. This is Paul writing about Abraham and the okay. promise to Abraham. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth calleth those things which be not as though they were. Your words have power. Yeah. Absolutely. To make a long story short, I guess, or make a <laughs> big definition small. Yeah. Be careful what you say. Absolutely. Your words hold power. And in the in the the flip side of that, speak life. Yes. Into your situation, into everyone around you, even when it doesn't look like life. I mean, that's another, it's just faith. You just have to have faith to say, to say these things. The power of life or the power of death and life are in the tongue. It's up to you what you say and what you believe in your heart. Absolutely. Speaking of speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear the next one. (laughs) (laughs) To another diverse kinds of tongues. That one's a big one that people people are afraid of, I think. Yeah. Just because they don't understand it. I and, agree. and some people say that it's not not that it's not biblical, but without the next one, they don't think it's biblical, which is to another the interpretation of tongues. Because someone is saying it doesn't mean that there has to be interpretation. Am I wrong? No, because sometimes you're just praying in the spirit, which is a form of tongues. Yeah, I agree. I think if it's a personal prayer, there's no interpretation needed because it's directly to God. Or when the pastor says, you know, everyone, if you can speak in tongues, speak now in your holy language, and everybody's speaking in tongues at the same time, there's not an interpretation at that time. Here's here's my thought on it. If you read it in the way that it says to another, uh, diverse kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues, I feel like you read into it, I believe it's called eisegesis or exegesis. It's a big, it's a big word. I know that it doesn't make sense, but I heard it and I'm going to use it. <laughs> reading into it or reading out from it, mm-hmm. getting what it means or interpreting something that it doesn't necessarily mean. I feel like some people take that and say, if you speak, in, if someone speaks in tongues, there has to be interpretation because it's the next thing on the list. Yeah. But that would also mean if some, if there's gifts of healing, there has to be gifts of work and of miracle in the same spot. Or if there's gifts of prof- or prophecy, there has to be gifts of discerning the spirits in the same spot. I think that they're all connected, not in the sense that you have to have Absolutely, all of them. Because they're given by the same spirit. I'll say, but they all work together for one purpose. Right. Like I was saying, for yourself in a personal prayer, speaking in tongues, no interpretation needed. Right. If you're speaking in tongues and it's for the edification or the warning of the church— Somebody needs to be there to have heard that and to understand it. Right. And I don't think that means 
that somebody has to stand up and interpret it for it to be valid either. Right. It'd be like if somebody who only speaks German, just to throw a language out there, is there, and somebody from the pulpit or somebody just in their own own self, not their own self as in they did it, but just on the side. Their personal space, were to I guess. speak German to them because that's the only language that they understood, but God had something he needed to say. The interpretation of that person understanding it would be enough for the interpretation in my mindset. Absolutely. Or you go back to the Pentecost. When all the apostles were speaking, other people were hearing them in their own language. No one was deciphering it for them and telling it to them then in their language. Right. They heard it in their language. Right. And what you were at, the words you were using, you had exegesis and uh, eisegesis. Yeah. The second one was what you were talking about. I was looking up just to make sure, and it's what he was describing is it's where it's the interpretation of a text by reading into it one's own ideas. Reading into it with the the purpose you already have yeah. predestined in your mind. You've already got confirmation bias. Yes, Absolutely. confirmation bias is another term for it. You read into it for how you want to interpret it, for how you already have decided I've in your mind. It. Right. You already have that. You know what I mean? Well, it's like with Google. Mm-hmm. You can Google something that you, already, you believe. Absolutely. And every result that you'll find will be confirmation of what you believe. Yeah. So my dad's brother did this to him all the time. And he always said, he said, he'll call him, ask him a question of what he would do in a certain situation, but he will have already made the answer, made the decision. decision. Mm-hmm. And he said, why what would you, ask? why'd you ask me if you already did it? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the same thing. Why would you even read it if you already made up in your mind right. what you believe? Exactly. Right. Let's talk about the next one. All righty. All right. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. Oh, wait. So you're saying that they're not each a a separate part of a spirit, a separate spirit or someone different driving each individual one just because, you know, one has healing, one has prophecy? Worketh that one and the self-same spirit. Yeah, I was being um, and here and here here's what it is sarcastic. <laughs> by the way, here here's one thing too that it would be as helpful to me in this moment because you know you want some of these gifts, but they divide to every man severally as he will. Yeah, it's not up to you what spirit what spiritual gift you get. It's up to the Holy Spirit to tell you. I think that's hard for people sometimes, too. Yeah, because we want what we want, or we want what's popular, or we want what's going to get man's approval. What we think is the most powerful. Absolutely. It always has been, too, because you can go back to, it may have been an Acts where the one gentleman tried to purchase the Holy Spirit from Peter and them, wanting the power that they had. Right. And he tried to buy it. It's impossible. And it didn't work out so well. No. So I think that's something that people need to, not people need to realize, even ourselves, we need to realize that there's no one on the list that's any more or any less than the others. Any more effective. Right. They are all equal, all powerful in their own right. They have different outcomes. You know, obviously, whenever somebody has the gift of healing, you think, well, they're super gifted with the spirit. But that that goes back to the beginning of what we just read, to the prophet with all. Absolutely. This is not so someone else can be more effective or more efficient in one of these things, or one of these things is greater than the other. 
But all of these things work together for the body, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being mem- are being many are one body, so also is Christ. Absolutely. Can we just real quickly identify that same spirit that they're asking here? Let's hear it. Genesis 1, 2, the one after my, one of my favorite verses. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And in case you're wondering which who it is that's deciding who gets which talent, which gift, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That's the Spirit we're talking about. And he's still moving. Still moving the water. To this day. And he's still deciding who mm-hmm. gets what. Yeah. But he's getting he's getting he's getting the orders from on high just as well as we are. Right. He, he was there in the beginning. He was there when you were created. You weren't. Nothing you can try and say can convince him to change whatever the whatever the planned gift for you is. I'll say I think that your creator probably knows what you're best suited for. I would say far so. Far beyond what you believe I'm, that I'm you pretty, would. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah. Like ninety nine point nine. No, I'm gonna say a hundred percent on that kidding. one. Just just to make that as as dumbed down as I possibly can think of it. If I we used to own a pizza shop, if I make a pepperoni pizza, I know that it's gonna be a better pepperoni pizza than it's gonna be a sausage pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. Or here here even even further dumbed down. If I make a pepperoni pizza, I know it's gonna be a better pepperoni pizza than it is gonna be a chicken salad. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably go this way. Think of it with like people with your children's lives. Yeah. You have a kid that I'm gonna use myself as an example. I like and still do. Please art. don't tell me that you're choosing a favorite kid right now. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I know, where, I know where he's going. I know where he's going. <laughs> okay. I was never even going anywhere near that. Um, and I always like to draw and things like that. But even as a kid, you know, you're not sure, you know, what you're gonna do. Right. And I also liked playing around with computers and things like that once once they were invented anyway by the way guys um <laughs> but it took the parent constantly getting you more drawing supplies and things like that cuz they knew what they you seen, could do and what you couldn't what you do had. they'd you know I'm sitting out on the table the picnic table we had at the house out in the country sitting there just sketched on the pen. I'm not getting yelled at to come in and go and do this. I'm just being let be to draw, and I've always got more supplies. It was because they seen what was in you before you seen what even was in before you. I, even a better idea than I had. Exactly. That's a perfect way to illustrate it. Better than my illustration. That was pretty good, though. You got Yours was good. Yours was good. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's keep reading on. I think this is great. All right, I got to pull her back up. Okay. I just had to switch tabs. <laughs> First Corinthians 12, 13. 12, 13. Thank you, Bryce. For by one spirit are we all baptized into mm. one body. No, we were on 12. Bryce read I already 12. read 12. Did you read 12? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Pay attention. This is just confirming, basically, that yeah. all these are necessary. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit, your circumstances are not going to affect the Who spirit's you, ability to work in to you. To work in you. So let me... Coming from a man who was in prison, by the way. Yeah, and so <laughs> there's a reason. Oh, not me. I thought you were talking about Mark. No. I was like, what? No, we're talking about Paul. Well, now Whoa. I get that. I got it after I was already like, what? I'm a okay. little slow. It's bold, it's bold to say such a thing, whether you be bond or free, Jew or Gentile, but you're talking about someone who has literally been bond or free, who is literally a Jew working with Gentiles. It's 
it's different when you're speaking from that wisdom type. You know what uh-huh. I mean? From the experience. From the experience. <laughs> and so here's where I was going to point out the what the way we can be confident of who this is talking about, not just because it says Jew or Gentile or bond or free. The way they were doing things when they wrote then, and a lot of times when you read certain things in the Bible, it's always going to be centered around Israel and Jerusalem. Yeah. So like when you see things like in Revelation, what King of the North, King of the South, it's always in relation to Israel. So it, this is the same thing here when it talks about Jews or Gentiles, bond or free. When it says Jews and Gentiles, to them at that point in time, there were two people in the world. Yep. There were Jews, Jews and, and, and there Jews. was everybody else. Right, yep. not Jews. So when you see that written in something like this, that's a fancy way of saying everybody. everybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Next, Casey. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Ooh. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Just keep reading through this whole illustration. Yeah. I was waiting for the okay. Yep. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? All right, let's talk about it. Don't be mad because somebody's the mouthpiece and you're not. Absolutely. Because you know what? If you're the feet, they can't get to talk to somebody if you don't walk them over there. The Bible says beautiful are the feet of those who spread the gospel or carry the gospel. If If you don't have eyesight, what do you have? What do you want the most? Eyesight. Eyesight. Exactly. If you don't have ears, what do you want to do? Hear. Hear. Every part is just as important as the other. Now, let me me ask you this. I heard this before. Now, this is a little bit off topic. I heard this. If you don't have big toes, you can't balance. (laughs) Is that just a weird thought? I mean, it goes along with this a little bit in the illustration (laughs) for the sake of the matter, but... Supposedly, that's a belief. Don't have your like your big toe, as in like the actual toe, or like big toes as in size. No, as in the actual toe. Actual toe, you're supposed to not be able to have balance or even walk properly. That's what I'm saying. Because Uh, yeah, just to the importance to the heel, just to the importance of that might be true. That makes that makes sense to me. I'm trying to to like just pick up my big toe on the ground and see if it. It's making a difference. This is not like the one thing I saw the other day that said the whole a sole purpose of the little toe is to make sure all of your furniture is lined up properly in the house. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. Okay, let's move on, Casey. Okay. But now are they many members, yet but one body, and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again, oh my goodness, I skipped all the way down to the bottom of the page, goodness sakes. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. I'm thinking about when it talks about feeble, it goes back again to my mind to uh, infants and elderly. Yeah. Just as basic direct exactly what they're talking about in this scripture. I could be wrong. I don't know, but that's where my mind goes. It just makes me think of the connection of the mall that we've been over so many times, you know, 
you can have discernment of the spirit all that you want, or you can have the gift of prophecy all that you want, but yeah. without discernment to say that is or that isn't testing the spirit, yeah. you wouldn't know. Yeah. Without somebody to do that discernment for you if you were not given that gift. Absolutely. You know, there's no one part of your body that you can go without and function the Properly. same way you could with completeness. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacketh, which I, lacked. I feel like that goes basically to our internals. Mm-hmm. I think that talks about the stuff that's inside of us that we don't see, that we don't take. I guess we take it for granted, which the Bible says to give, uh, the body hath tempered together, together uh, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. Absolutely. So if you're honoring something, you're going to protect it, you're going to cover it, you're going to keep it safe. So the stuff like if you want to talk about internally, yeah, the stuff that's inside us wouldn't do so well outside in the world. Absolutely. But it's given great honor, a privileged position to be inside and cared for by the stuff that's on the outside. Yep. Move on. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. That's perfectly describes how the church should be operating. Yeah. Absolutely. There's say, no jealousy in that. I mean, no. I feel we experienced that on Sunday with the news from Amanda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, obviously that's not our birth family member. Right. But everybody the was... joy is still good for us. Exactly. Yes. Everybody was happy because they were happy because she's better. Yes. Absolutely. And everybody was concerned when she wasn't. Isn't it so nice to be able to experience what the Bible actually says, how members of a body should, and we actually have the privilege of experiencing it? Yes. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Agreed. All right. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. What well, I want to stop us One. here, because this is, a, what was I saying earlier, when, that will kind of, it'll help enforce this too. What, how do we normally react when we see a list? Like For what we're seeing top here. Top 10, yeah. One, we two, think three, in order. The we have like with mathematics, you have the order of importance and things like that, you know, or even if you look at ingredients, like if we had the degree ingredients for Casey's diet Coke, the first ingredient has the most stuff mm-hmm. less and less as it goes on. Right. It's the most important thing is the one you have the most of and you have it first. That's not what this whole thing is proving that that's not the case. None of these just because apostles are put first or prophets or teachers or that, or then, then it even breaks down and does the miracles and healings and the gifts afterwards. It's not putting it there for us to order it. It's just putting us there so we can see it all and we can know it all. Right. I feel like the one, two, the first three are, have to be there. Yeah. And they're separate. They're not the gifts. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like they have to be in, in place for the others to take place. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, 
Have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And I think that right there is exactly the point he's making with that last verse there. He said all that to say this. Yeah, he said all that to say this, like saying, you know, okay, yeah, you're covering the, I want to put in air quotes, best gifts. But it says, but I, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. You know, I think it's kind of mirroring you got the way the flesh sees things and the way society sees things. It's like, but this is the way God wants you to see things. See, I was I was having a, a, a problem reading that, and you explained it perfectly. You're mirroring what you said. This is what... The, and yet. Right. It's just like a but. It means it's something different than what comes before it. Okay, because I was, I was wondering, I was like, covet earnestly the best gifts. Well, wait a second. That goes contrary to everything you just said, and then you... You explain it to me. Good thing, Mark. I appreciate that. I try. <laughs> Every now and then I'm good for something. So it might be a few weeks before you get another one like that. <laughs> a teacher. The Holy Spirit will lead, guide you. <laughs> He's thirdly a teacher. <laughs> no, the Holy Spirit's going to guide you in which way he sees fit best in, in not contrast or contradiction to, but in alliance with how the how our creator, the father of heavens and the earth, the creator, the the first and the last, the beginning and the end, how he sees fit for you. He's got a gift for you. He's got fruits or he's got a fruit with multiple different attributes that you will portray if you have his Holy Spirit living in you. He has all these things available to you, but you have to, I think you should, you earnestly have to go after them. Yes. You don't covet the best gifts. He's showing us an excellent way. That one is not better than the other. The this is not greater than the first, or the greater than the last, and the middle is not this, and it's not that. This isn't God's top ten list. But He's got an excellent way for everything. He knows all the members. He puts them. He puts them in their places. I said this before. I don't think. I'm not naive enough to believe that God did not perfectly ordain every moment that has gone on. Absolutely. He has. He has created every single thing, every single time, every single moment from the time that uh, let there be light to the amen and revelation. He's got all that. He knows it. He said it. He did it. So he knows what to do for you. Absolutely. So stop competing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing. The only thing that time that that doesn't get accomplished is when we fight it and we just don't do it. Absolutely. Look, do you want a really simple equation for stepping into your calling or your gifts? Yeah. First of all, salvation. That's your base point. That has to be. Yes. That's, step number that's one. not even step number one. That's your foundation before that's you start building zero. the stairs. Right. That's mm-hmm. step zero. Step one is acknowledging the Holy Spirit and who he is. Steps two is actively pursuing, allowing him to work in your life so that you can obtain and progress in your journey to obtain the fruit of the Spirit. Yep. Step three is while doing everything that you can to maintain those because nobody's perfect and there will be days where you have to uh, plant the tree again for lack of better words. Allow the power to work in through you and the gift to be revealed unto you for what it is designed for, not for your own glorification, not for your own edification, but for what is needed for the profit with all. Amen. And with that, I'm going to say thank you guys for stopping by and listening, listening to us talk for a couple hours or a hour or however long. I have no idea. We don't even know. An hour and a half. I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've had an excellent conversation. I think yes. it's been profitable for everybody. It's involved. been a profit with all to us. Profit with all, for all, from all, Woo-hoo. to all.
If you didn't so, get to first <laughs> the first time, <laughs> listen to it again. Hey, just we appreciate you. And yeah. with that, we want to say love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.